I'll let Craig Heist introduce him because right. he's Craig's friend. Well, he is a good and friend he's been of mine. A good addition to our show, and he helps me out quite a bit during the course of the baseball season when I'm doing other duties. Right, and uh, I can't get down to the Braves clubhouse. Uh, Kevin is always happy to help me out, and uh, we'll bring him in right now. He does the pre and the post game shows on Braves Radio Network. He is Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, how are you? Merry Christmas. And I, I know you and the young, the young one is getting ready for a big holiday. <laughs> you know, we're we're taking a break from hitting ground balls out in the street <laughs> right now. You know, they say the whole off season, and that that can never be more true for me and my four and a half year old. Well, so, now, let, doing, let me doing let, well, guys. Thanks for having me. Let me <laughs> ask you this now. Uh, you know, I, I watch you on Facebook a lot and see a lot of your posts. Uh, congrats on the uh, na- house of the of the week in the neighborhood there with the Christmas lights. Hey, Craig, don't sell me short. It's yard of the month. Man. Oh, okay. Yard okay. of the month. And that, that extends into January because it came in the middle of December. So, I, I honestly, I'm about to put Christmas lights on the yard of the month sign and make it as obnoxious as possible. There you go. <laughs> well, speaking of starting early, your team, the Atlanta Braves, you see what I did there with that segue into hey, that? He's, he's great They at started that. really early, too. Uh, they've had a very ambitious offseason to date. Are they finished? No, they, they can't be. I mean, first and foremost, it has been a busy offseason, and, and I think they've done a really nice job of adding key pieces to the And down the stretch, it was, it was much better uh, because they went out and they got Mark Melanson and Chris Martin and Shane Green. Uh, hey, so Kevin, Kevin, like, I'm, Kevin, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is it possible you could move somewhere else in your house or wherever you are? We're getting sure, cut I'll, off. We're getting cut off on a lot of what you're saying. Let's try good. Is this better? It's better so far. Much <laughs> Sorry better. about that. Much better. Much better. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. But no, but the bullpen went from really an area of, of big time weakness to uh, an area of strength, uh, and it's an area that they knew they knew they needed to get better at, and it's an area that they they did that at the trade deadline last year with Melanson and Green and, and Martin. They bring back you know they bring back Martin. They sign uh, Will Smith, which I think is a huge addition for them. Um, and so they're not done. They need to address third base because they're not going into the season with Johan Camargo as their third baseman. They're, they're trying to bring back Josh Donaldson. It's not going to be easy because there's anywhere from 10 to 12 teams that are interested uh, in J.D. coming off the season he had last year. But uh, they do have some areas they want to fill. I think corner outfield as well. But you know, they, they bring in Travis Darno. they got a veteran catcher to pair with Tyler Flowers. So they have been very busy early, but they still have work to be done. Now, they bring in Cole Hamels the other day, but I want to address one other guy you didn't mention. We know it was a salary dump by the Orioles, but they must have liked what they saw from Darren O'Day the last month of the season or six weeks of the season because they ended up giving him, what, like $2.25 million for another year. They did, and, and he was really good. I mean, look, he, he, you guys were, were probably around him a whole lot more than we have been, but uh, a great guy to have in the clubhouse. And when he was hurt, uh, he was still going out and watching guys throw bullpens. He was watching uh, side sessions. He was watching, you know, and kind of analyzing and, and almost being an extension of the coaching staff. So when he was back, he looked really good. His stuff was back where it was uh, when he was an all-star a few years ago. So, yeah. It's a pretty affordable option there at a little north of $2 million to bring a guy like that back. As well. Hey, Kevin, one of the things the Orioles just did in the last couple of days was hire Freddie Gonzalez to this coaching staff. And I know you know yep. Freddie real well. Uh, I, I think he's a great guy. And obviously he was the third base coach down in Miami the last few years. But uh, what are the Orioles getting with, Ke- uh, with, with Freddie Gonzalez as part of this coaching staff? 
Well, that's the thing. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, been in Miami or here in Atlanta. Hey, Kevin, let me interrupt you for one second. Craig Heist is a great guy. I wouldn't want him coaching my team, though. (laughs) I will tell you this. He has the pedigree of being around Bobby Cox for a long time. And I say the same thing about Brian Snicker as well, uh, that those guys learn so much from being around a Hall of Fame manager. Uh, you can't underestimate the importance of that. So, uh, you know, Freddie's a hard worker. He's a good game planner. He's good with young players. He, you know, he gets them out there to work. Um, and I expect the same in Baltimore. Obviously, they have a team that's you know, in transition, a lot of young players as well. Um, so, you know, look, I, I think the fact that he's been around you know, a Hall of Fame manager, Bobby Cox, uh, that, that to me is probably bigger than anything else uh, that he's been able to take away from his time in the big leagues. In terms of uh, what you guys have done as far as the moves, how do you think that shapes this club, at least for now? And as you said, they've got more to do. Uh, but, but looking toward next year, knowing that you know the Nationals certainly have to put mm-hmm. their club together because there's certainly some big free agents out there uh, that they have the potential to lose. Uh, but here's a team that won the World Series. And, you know, I give you all the kudos in the world because – our conversations throughout the year, even when the Braves were in first place, all he was the, always pretty honest he, about he their was, flaws. He, well, no, he was pretty honest okay. about not just their flaws, but he always said the Nationals were his pick to yeah. win the World Series. And uh, lo and behold, as it turned out, that's the way it ended up, Kev. I got one right finally, guys. It's <laughs> taken me a long time to do that. Let me tell you how bad my predictions have been over the years. And this is the, the honest truth to you guys. A couple of years ago, I went bold. I believe it was 2017. I said the Tigers are going to play the Giants in the World Series. Go back and look at the 2018 draft. They had the number one and number two pick, respectively. That's really, really hard to do to be that far off in it. But, you know, look, I think the, I think the Braves feel like they've gotten better. Uh, certainly the Nationals have some concerns with Rendon and Strasburg. I, I think one of the two are back. I don't think both are. Um, I don't think both are gone either. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Braves certainly are keeping an eye on the Phillies and, and the, the Mets as well, uh, two teams that, you know, they have money to spend. The Phillies went out last year and get Bryce Harper. They get J.T. Ruto and Gene Segura and Aaron McCutcheon. Um, you know, they that, that's going to be a tough team. Now they have Zach Wheeler in their rotation. Yeah. So uh, I think they feel like they've gotten better. Uh, and I would say the same if we had this conversation last year because, Folks are saying, well, they got Josh Donaldson, they got Brian McCann. Are those two moves really that important? Well, guess what, guys? They won 97 games this year, and obviously they did get better from a year ago. So did they get better enough to win the division a third straight year? I think once third base is figured out, and if they decide to add another starter, I'll probably have a better idea and be able to, to explain that a little bit better because there are some question marks. I mean, look, Josh Donaldson, you guys saw it, was huge behind Freddie Freeman. If, they don't, if they're not able to bring him back, they need to find a power hitter that can hit behind Freddie Freeman, that can hit 30 homers a year. Now, whether that's Nicholas Castellanos, whether that's a, star, you know, a Starling Marte, whether that's a Marcelo Zuna, uh, those are all names that are very intriguing. The other one I'll give you guys is Chris Bryant. You know, if the Cubs yeah. decide to blow that up and, and move on and, and retool, Chris Bryant could become available. And believe me, Freddie Freeman would love to have a bat like Chris Bryant hitting behind him. If the, if the Nationals lose Rendon, the first person that you think about is Josh Donaldson. If that yep. happens, what are the Nationals getting? Because we know he had to come back year last year, and he was very good for that team, but there has been injury issues in the past. Very intense competitor, a guy who hates to lose, and he's just a little bit different. And I know, Craig, you were in our clubhouse a few times. Uh, I'm sure you saw Josh in action, but a really, really good guy. 
and the yeah. guy was a really hard worker from, from day one of spring training, guys. I mean, he takes batting practice seriously. He takes the work he puts in. And I think the one thing the Braves did a good job of last year, guys, in spring training, they didn't really turn him loose right away. They sort of dialed it back a little bit. And in years past, Josh had a tendency, you know, there's no 70% with Josh Donaldson. He's 100% all the time. So they wanted to protect him basically from himself so he wouldn't re-aggravate the cast, so he wouldn't have the shoulder pop back. And, and he, they kept him on the field. He played 155 games. So I think that was a smart thing to do. But if the, if the Braves lose Josh and he goes to the Nationals, uh, believe me, he will become a fan favorite in the nation's capital very, very quickly. We're talking with Kevin McAlpin from the Braves Radio Network. Kevin, I want to go back to to one player you you sort of rushed through, and that's Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fantasy baseball player, and I've got to be honest with you, I'd probably heard of Chris Martin. Not a very I'm, good one, though. <laughs> but I'm watching him pitch against the Orioles. I take I take exception to that, Craig. <laughs> or, or do I resemble that? Yeah, that's um, right. I watched him pitch against the Orioles, and I went out the next day and got him for a dollar in our free agent thing. And I, I love what he brings to the table. This is a guy who had made five hundred eleven thousand dollars in two thousand fifteen, one point seven five million in eighteen, two point two five in um, in nineteen from the Rangers. And the Rangers traded a really good prospect for him, Colby Allard, and now have signed him to a two-year, $14 million deal. He's already 33 years of age. They must really love what they saw from him in his 17 innings with the Braves. They do. And believe me, his presence was missed in the playoffs. When he came out in game one and threw a couple warm-up pitches and felt something in his oblique, the Braves' bullpen was really, you know, sort of thrown up in the air when they lost right. him in the playoffs. That was a big loss, and probably an under-the-radar loss when all was said and done. But, I mean, that was a big piece of their pen. But a really interesting story. First and foremost, guys, he's a strike thrower. I think he only walked, and this is off the top of my head, and we're in December, so I may be, I may be stretching this a little bit. But I'm, I want to say between Texas and Atlanta, he walked like eight batters all last year. So he's going to throw strikes. He's around the zone. He's not giving up walks late. Because how about how about five batters in 40, 55 and two thirds innings? You walk five. There you batters. go. Well, yep. my apologies to Chris Martin for All giving right. him three extra <laughs> three three extra walks there. But that, that's that. There, there is my point. He's a strike thrower, and, and you know the, the Braves bullpen in the first half of the season it was ball one, ball two in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning where they were just falling behind. They were getting hit with counts. They were getting themselves in big trouble. So they bring him in, and he's a really interesting story, guys. This is a guy that, in high school, uh, had a shoulder injury, and it actually derailed his career. Uh, he came back a couple of years later after doing some odd jobs, working in warehouses, moving uh, furniture for Lowe's and Home Depot, and working in you know hundred degree warehouses in, in, uh, in Texas. Goes overseas, goes to goes to Asia for a couple of years to play. Comes back. Uh, he's a really, really interesting guy, and, and again. When you go through all of that, believe me, he appreciates this opportunity even more, uh, given you know how long of a road it was for him to come back to. So they like him. They like him a lot, and uh, he'll be a big piece of the pen, probably you know as your seventh inning guy going into the new season. Well, we we know some of the free agents that are certainly out there. We talk about Rendon and Strasburg and Cole, and uh, where do you think some of these guys are gonna are gonna wind up, Kev? You know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I've always been a believer. If the Yankees want somebody, they're going to get him. Now, does that mean it's Steven Strasburg? Does it mean it's Garrett Cole? We'll see. I think they'll get one of those two guys. Rendon's a really interesting one too, because look, 
you know, this time last year, the Nationals, now I'm not going to say they, they were okay with letting Bryce Harper go, uh, but they had four outfielders at the time. They don't have another Anthony Rendon. They don't have another guy you can plug in at third base. And I'm not just talking about his offense. I mean, that guy plays the heck out of third base as well. Uh, so, you know, I think Rendon or Strasburg goes back to D.C. Uh, I do think that there's a chance that the Yankees are going to really make a strong push for, for Strasburg. I believe they sent some of their top brass out to, to Southern California a couple of days ahead of the winter meetings to try to, you know, persuade him even more. Um, you know, I, I just – I'll put it this way. There are Braves fans that are hoping and praying that if Josh Donaldson's not back here in Atlanta, he doesn't end up in D.C. because he's the kind of guy that would just crush him every opportunity uh, that, that, uh, that he gets against him. So uh, I just I feel like one of those big-time free agents is going to, to the Yankees. And I think you know, the, the Angels may have a chance of getting one, whether it's a Garrett Cole or whether it's a Steven Strasburg. I think they're, they're primed to add a big-time pitcher as well. Uh, we're talking with Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, uh, the Cole Hamels signing this year, I guess if you look at what they gave Keuchel when he be- became a free agent with no uh, compensation attached to him, uh, I guess they feel that that's sort of the same contract that they're giving Hamels this year. 18 for a full year. I think yep. Keuchel got 13 for all but uh, two months of the season last year. Exactly, and hard to believe, guys. When you think of all the big-time pitchers that have come through Atlanta, Cole Hamels gets the biggest deal, uh, the biggest one-year deal in franchise history, of over $18 million for him to come in. But look, this is a guy that's been a World Series MVP. You look at his numbers last year before the uh, the injury for his oblique, he was pitching really, really well uh, for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they've seen a lot of him over the years uh, facing him in Philadelphia. Uh, Cole is actually, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't able to talk to any current players while he was a free agent, but he did talk to an old buddy of his, Ryan Howard, who, of course, uh, he was a big part of the Phillies and what they did there, uh, 07 through, you know, 2012, basically. Uh, Ryan Howard is actually neighbors with Freddie Freeman down here in the Atlanta area. Okay. So, uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie, uh, Ryan had some good things to say that Freddie told him about the Braves and what he could do here. But, you know, he'll be a veteran leader. He'll be a guy that Mike Soroka and Max Freed, some of these other guys can look up to. It is only a one-year deal, so if it doesn't work out, you cut your losses, you move on when all's said and done. It also doesn't block any of your big-time prospects. And the Braves had some really good young arms at AAA that are knocking on the door of being big league ready. This is not blocking any of those guys. And also, the bigger benefit of this whole thing is, Cole Hamels has never been given a qualifying offer. So, at the end of 2020, you give him the qualifying offer, potentially bringing him back for one more year. If he leaves, you get a draft pick out of it. So, there's a a lot to really like about that move. Does his signing, though, take you out of the Bumgarner, any other free agent, big-name pitchers? Alex Anthopoulos was asked about that, and he said, look, if there's somebody we want, whether it's right-handed or left-handed, if we think they can help us, we're going to go out and get them. I think, though, guys, more realistic this offseason would be the Braves going out and trading for, for somebody. Uh, they, they could go in the Bumgarner, but then now you're looking at a rotation with three lefties and potentially four if Sean Newcomb got back in the rotation. So I don't know that that's ideal. But I think that you know the Braves have the currency. They've got a lot of good young players, whether it's an Austin Riley or whether it's a Johan Camargo or whether it's two of the, the high-rising outfielders at AAA and Christian Pache and Drew Waters. They've got a lot of young pitching prospects. I think they've got a lot that a team that has a solid, you know, middle of the rotation starter would like. So I think that, you know, they've held on to these prospects for a number of years. I've felt all along this is the offseason. They pull the plug, they make a move. So look, they, they're not out of Bumgarner at all. And Alex has said, look, we would go with three lefties if we felt mm-hmm. those were our best three. 
but I think adding another veteran righty would probably be the most likely scenario, and I think that would happen via trade. Got to ask you about a trade rumor I read probably a month ago now. I haven't heard a word about it since. But would Densby Swanson and a couple prospects, including another young pitcher, to the Indians for Francisco Lindor be something that Alex Anthropoulos could pull off? I think he could, and Lindor would certainly be a home run, uh, no pun intended, uh, for this lineup. I mean, defensively, he's one of the best we've seen uh, you know, this, this decade to go out there and play shortstop. Um, but yeah, look, I think anything's on the table right now other than Freddie Freeman. Like Fred, Freddie Freeman's the only guy that I think uh, can already, uh, you know, send his equipment down to, uh, to, 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 you know, Southwest Florida and feel comfortable that uh, he'll, he'll be here come the start of the season. But I, anything's on the table. And they, they said, look, we, we like what we have, but if there's something that can make us better, uh, we're going to, we're going to explore any and, uh, any and every option. You know, they were, they were linked to, to, uh, to Kluber last year, and obviously that never fell through. Uh, who knows? Maybe they try to explore an even bigger blockbuster and, and try to get a, a Kluber Lindor. I mean, that would be, that would be something else. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think anything's on the table right now for the Braves. Kevin, he is still a fan favorite uh, here in Baltimore, and uh, a lot of fans are certainly still upset that he left Baltimore. Uh, but what's it mean to have Nick Marcakis coming back? Yeah, it means a lot, and I'll tell you this much. Uh, it means a lot to Cole Hamels. Cole said, look, I competed against this guy for a long time. And to see Nick want to come back two years in a row obviously shows me that he sees something really good with this group, that he wants to come back and be a part of it. But, I mean, just the ultimate you know, team leader, uh, his role will probably be reduced this year. Now, they talked him about basically being you know, a platoon guy and look for him in left field. We saw yeah. at the end of last season. Uh, I do expect to see Acuna move to right field in 2020 with with uh, Marquez in left, and then a, a platoon with you know whether it's somebody they acquire or whether it's you know Adam Duvall who they have in house who, who was just tearing it up last year at AAA. Um, I do think that uh, you know it says a lot about Nick's character. He wants to be a winner, and you know I, I put these numbers together, Craig. I don't know if I showed this to you last year when we were in DC, but I factored if Nick Marquez can play till he's 40. And he can average about 150 hits a year. And we know he can do that because yeah. this guy takes really, really good care of himself. Give him that. That gets him to 3,000 hits. Yeah, that would probably be the quietest 3,000 hits of all time. No question uh, about it. And, 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 and if he's getting to 3,000 hits, regardless, you're talking about a guy who gets a little bit of consideration for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, I think if he gets 2,800, he should. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got the longevity. He's got the, you know, look, you look at everything he's accomplished. Um, it took him forever to get to an all-star game, but he finally enjoyed that in, 20, uh, in 2018, which was a great milestone for him. So, yeah, I mean, look, if he's able to stay healthy, and you know, when you saw it last year when he, when he fractured his wrist, I mean, he came back in like five and a half weeks. I mean, he beat all the timelines yeah. of six to eight weeks. Um, he takes tremendous care of himself. Now, look, again, he's going to be 30, what, 36, so the playing time is going to start decreasing. So maybe that 150 is a little ambitious on my part, but hey, who knows, maybe. Maybe he ends up in an American League team for the final couple of years of his career. But, I mean, look, he, he's got a shot at it. And, again, that would probably be the quietest 3,000 of all time. I'll tell you one thing about him. There aren't many players. I, I Honestly, the only other player I remember having the same surgery he had, the cervical fusion, because I had cervical fusion in 13. Not that I was a baseball player. I'm a fantasy baseball player. <laughs> Not a very good one. Right, Craig? Yeah, he didn't come uh, no, back but, the but same seri- way. <laughs> but, seriously, but seriously, coming back from a cervical fusion, I can't think of another major league player that's come back and, and been as good as Nick Marcakis. Hey, and, been. you know, here's the other thing. You know, Sabathia hits him. 
Yeah, well, he's here and broke and, his hand. And broke his hand and he misses the playoffs that particular year. So it wasn't until fourteen that he got to that play. he got to play in the postseason. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. All right. And look, I, I think Brian Snicker says it best, guys, and you'll probably agree. He's a boring pro. He's not a flashy player. But you know what? He's just the same guy day in and day out. He's a really good leader to have when you have a Ronald Acuna Jr. When you have some of these other young. 20, 21, 22-year-old outfielders that are knocking on the door of being big league ready, look across the clubhouse and look at a guy like Nick. See how he keeps himself ready and see why he's been so successful for all these years. It, it's just, there's a lot to like about him coming back. Has, has he gotten any new tattoos since he's been in Atlanta? <laughs> That's a good question. I have seen him smile a few times. So I, I don't know about the tattoos, but I have seen him crack a few smiles here lately. So, all right. you know, maybe, maybe he's... Uh, you know, he, he just wanted to know for five years until he actually showed us a little personality. Kevin, many <laughs> thanks for joining us and uh, keeping us up uh, to date on the team that's been the most active, along with the Padres, two most active teams in baseball. Thanks very much. You got it, guys. Thanks. Happy holidays. All, All right. right.